Welcome to the legacy teachings of Bill Anzavino, pastor of Christian Assembly Church since 1979. Though these teachings are decades old, we invite you to get out your Bible, take notes, and get ready to receive the uncompromised teaching of God's Word. For more information about Christian Assembly Church, please visit us online at cafamily.net. I'd like to invite you to open in your Bibles, if you would please, to 1 John chapter 5. 1 John chapter 5. And what I would like to begin sharing with you during these Wednesday night services is a comprehensive study on faith. First John chapter 5, we're going to look at verse 4, First John 5 and 4, for whatsoever is born of God overcometh the world, and this is the victory that overcometh the world, even church attendance. Even our faith. What's the victory that overcomes the world? You know, there's no reason to be defeated in the world. There's no reason for us to be overcome in this world, in this life. There's no reason for failure or a lack of success in this life. He already gave us the secret to overcoming the world. And that secret involves our faith. Everybody say, my faith. You see, it's your faith that overcomes the world. It's my faith that overcomes the world. I can't blame the world for my failure. I can't blame the devil for my failure. And I cannot blame others for my failure. I know that's tough and I know that's hard. And I know that sometimes, you know, we don't like to hear that. But truth is truth. And let's just believe God that as we receive the truth, it will make us free. Amen? But you don't understand, if it wasn't for my wife, I'd be all right. Boy, you've got a lot to learn. <laughs> no, you can't blame somebody else for your lack of success. I can't blame somebody else for my lack of success. But if these people around me would just change, I'd be all right. No, you can't blame somebody else for your lack of success. But there's a devil out there, I know that. But he's been defeated, and you can't blame him. If he's been defeated, he's been defeated. See, the Bible tells us that we have faith that can overcome the world. We have faith that we can resist the devil with. Resist him in your faith, we are told. See, the problem is, beloved, that we haven't taken the time that we need to truly develop our faith. And that's why we are going to have a comprehensive study on faith. Can you see why the enemy would want us not to understand the fundamental principles of faith? If you can't overcome the world, you're going to be defeated. If you don't know how to resist Him, you're going to be defeated. But if you learn about faith, you can overcome the world. And if you learn about faith, you can successfully resist the devil and he'll flee from you. And as far as others are concerned, what you allow will be allowed. What you disallow will be disallowed. Didn't Jesus tell us that somewhere in the Bible? Somewhere in there, Matthew 16, somewhere. Right? See, it's what I allow is what's going to be allowed. You realize that drugs can't defeat you? 
if you don't allow them in. Alcohol can't defeat you if you don't allow it in. Lust can't defeat you if you don't allow it in. Tobacco can't defeat you if you don't allow it in. Some pretty big amens. What about these? Worry can't defeat you if you don't allow it in. Gossip can't defeat you if you don't allow it in. Discord can't defeat you if you don't allow it in. Strife can't defeat you if you don't allow it in. Fewer amens. It's all true, isn't it? You know, sometimes I think we don't like to be responsible for our own selves. From the very beginning, you know, we like to blame somebody else. Adam blamed, really he blamed God. It's a woman you gave me. First he said, wow. Whoa, man. By interpretation, that's a woman. And then he says, it's the woman you gave me. Right? Then, of course, the woman, she blamed the devil. It's his fault. Right? My goodness. I guess that's how we started blaming God, right there from the very beginning. If you wouldn't have done it, I'd be all right. No, beloved, we can't blame anything on others. We've got to take responsibility for ourselves and develop the mindset that says... No matter who, what, where, when, why, or how, I will overcome. I am an overcomer, and I will develop the mindset of an overcomer. I refuse to give up, cave in, lose heart, or be defeated in this life. I choose to be successful in God. Amen? Amen. And the way to do that, obviously, is to develop our faith. We need to understand the importance of faith. We need to know that our God is a giving God who withholds no good thing from those that walk uprightly. But we also need to recognize the fact that if a person wavers, that person receives nothing from this all-giving God. Whatever it is that you need, the Bible says you can ask God for. And if you ask God for it, ask in faith, nothing wavering. For let not that man think he shall receive anything of the Lord. And that tells me the importance of faith. Whatever it is I need to be a success in this life comes to me from God, who is an all-giving God. He gives us grace and glory. As a matter of fact, He gave His only begotten Son. As a matter of fact, if He spared not His Son, but gave Him up for us all, how shall He not with Him freely give us... Everybody say, all things. Say it again, all things. What does God give? How much does God give? See that? In other words, there's nothing wrong with the giver. The giver is always giving and giving and giving and giving. He's always in that mode. He is always giving whatever it is that mankind needs to be blessed or to be successful. God is like the sun. It says in Psalm 8411, He's a sun and shield who gives grace and glory. I like that. Who gives grace and glory. And no good thing will He withhold from those or them that walk uprightly. I like that, don't you? God is a giving God. And it's a picture of the Son always giving of itself. 
Did you ever look up there in the heat of the day and see the sun up there? Aren't you just glad for it being there? As a matter of fact, I was in the shade today and it was kind of cool. Then the sun just broke loose from the clouds and the warmth of the sun hit my skin and I loved it. What about you? It felt good. Well, did it stop giving just because there was a cloud between the sun and me? It didn't stop giving, did it? No, there was just something in the way, wasn't there? How many of you know that God's not withholding His blessings? That's why it said that in Psalm 84:11. God's not withholding a thing from us. Not one thing. But you see, doubt and unbelief can shut God out. Wavering can shut God out. It can prevent us from receiving that which God gives. And that's why we must understand that faith is important to each of our lives. Every one of us needs to understand the operation of faith and have a working knowledge of faith principles so that we can walk in the realm of faith because in the realm of faith, we overcome the world. In the realm of faith, we successfully defeat the devil. In the realm of faith, all things are possible unto us. Isn't that good to know? Amen. And so we want to do a comprehensive study in faith so that we can learn a lot about faith. See, some people have the idea that Faith is just a general term. In other words, I have faith in God. And I've talked to people along these lines, and they've said that very statement, I have faith in God. And what they mean by that is, I believe in God. I believe in God. Well, that's wonderful that you believe in God, but God, everybody say God is big. God is big. I mean, He is e- enormous. He is real big. And just to say I have a general faith in God is really a small statement. The devils believe in God and tremble. See, I can believe in the existence of God, but even though I believe in His existence, I must recognize there is a lot to God to know about. And the Word was given to me so I can have a revelation of who God is and what God has done for us. That, That way I can have faith in all areas of life. See, they say, I believe in God for salvation. That's wonderful, but God is more than just a saving God. He gives every good and perfect gift. He provides every good thing that we need. But we've got to receive those things by faith. And to have faith in God, we just can't speak in general terms. To have faith in God, we have got to see what the Word says. So that we can have faith for salvation, faith for the baptism in the Holy Ghost, faith for healing, faith for deliverance, faith to receive our financial needs met, faith to be the head of a household, faith to be a submissive wife, faith to be an obedient child. And I can go right on down that list and, and, and share with you many aspects of faith that we have got to understand. For example, here's an aspect of faith that I think we all really need to get a hold of. Creative faith. Did you ever hear that term before, creative faith? You know you have the potential and I have the potential to tap into creative faith. In the book of Hebrews chapter 11, you can read verses 1, 2, and 3 and you'll discover there that it says, Now faith is the substance of things hoped for, the evidence of things not seen by it. That is, by faith the elders obtained a good report. And it says by faith in verse 3, the worlds were framed by the word of God so that the things that appear were not made of things that are seen. And if you do a study, you'll find out back in Genesis chapter 1, three important words that God spoke in the very beginning. He said, let there be, let there be, let there be. And every time He said, let there be, something became. 
Stop and think about that for a moment. Let there be light. Light became. That's creative faith. The worlds that we see were not made by things that do appear. God spoke the world into existence with faith-filled words. Now, you and I have the potential to tap into that same kind of faith, not necessarily to create another world. We don't need to create another universe or another world. But we can tap into creative faith so that we can create a better world for ourselves. Did you know that? That's true. That brings us to another kind of faith or phase of faith or type of faith that we need to be familiar with. And that's called dominating faith. Everybody say dominating faith. What is dominating faith? Well, when God created something like the universe and set certain laws in motion through faith, the word of faith dominates every created thing. In other words, it rules every created thing. And you look in the book of Hebrews in chapter 1, it talks about Jesus being the brightness of the image of the glory of God and upholding all things by the word of His power. And that's talking about God rules or God dominates Everything that's created by the word of His dominion or the word of His power. God's word, in other words, is at work in the earth right now, dominating or ruling creation. And everything that was spoken to existence is obedient to the word that God spoke unto it. And you can read through the Gospels and you'll begin to discover that Jesus demonstrated dominating faith when He walked upon the earth. Jesus spoke and the wind and sea obeyed Him. That's called ruling faith. He ruled the sea. I don't know what that does for you, but that excites me. I have this little gauge on the inside of me. And whenever I hear this kind of teaching on faith, something on the inside of me just gets really excited and enthused. Why? Because I know that when God made man in the very beginning... He gave him dominion over all the works of his hands. And do you realize that man has the uh, potential to tap into that kind of dominating faith so that he too can speak to the wind and the sea? Just like Jesus did. And we're going to see that in this study. As a matter of fact, I'll just throw it out to you real quick. When his disciples said to him, Don't you care? Aren't you concerned that we perish? You know what Jesus said? Where is your faith? And then he spoke to the sea and it became calm. And they stood there and marveled and said, what sort of man is this that even the sea and the wind obey him? Now, hold on just for a minute. Did you notice that Jesus said to those disciples, where is your faith? In other words, you could have done what I just did. Where is your faith? There is faith to exercise dominion. Now listen carefully. This wasn't a prayer to God. This was an understanding of authority that was given by God for man to rule. And what did God say to man in the very beginning? He crowned him with glory and honor and gave him dominion or rulership over all the works of His hands. That includes the wind, the wave, the sea, etc. 
So by that God-given dominion, man has the right to rule in the earth. And that's why Jesus said, where is your faith? And then he spoke. He wasn't telling them to pray to God to do something. He was saying, God gave you dominion also. Why don't you use it? Where is your faith? I said this will be a comprehensive study. And beloved, it's designed to be just that, comprehensive. And it's designed also to really trigger off that desire on the inside of every child of God to grow in faith. And to really motivate us to rise up above where we're at in faith right now. Think about this. Jesus spoke to a fish and the fish obeyed him. In Luke's gospel, we see a record of Jesus doing something that, ex- that demonstrated dominion over the fish of the sea when he told Peter to go fishing. And all the fish came into the nets. Remember that? This is called dominating faith or faith that rules circumstances or rules even under God the works of His hands. And Jesus is trying to get across to the human being that faith operates in different ways at different levels. And with authority given, all a man has to do is speak the Word and then certain things will happen. And he doesn't even have to pray to God for that thing to be done. He has the authority given by God to to handle certain circumstances. For example, resist the devil and he will flee from you. It didn't say pray to God to do something about the devil, did it? You realize we're supposed to resist the devil. We're supposed to resist drugs. We're supposed to resist alcohol. We're supposed to resist lust. We're supposed to resist fear and worry and anxiety. We are supposed to be as children of God actively involved in using faith to resist or stand against those things that try to dominate us. It's either this rule, dominate or be dominated. Think about that. Rule or be ruled. You know, Paul said of his own body, he said, I keep under my body lest I myself become a castaway. I keep it under subjection. And see, he exercised dominion over his own fleshly desires so that he would rise up above its powers. There's all kinds of faith. There's religious faith. People have faith in religion and religious ideas and doctrines above the Word of God. I'm sure you've done this before. You've talked to people that are very religious oriented. And if you show them a scripture from the Bible, to them, it is not above their doctrinal truth. Why? Because they have a greater faith in religious tradition than they do in the Word of God itself. And why is that? They've been taught that. They've been trained that way. I remember one time in my own life when someone first came up to me and said, you've got to be born again. I said, I've been taught such and such and so and so and why don't you get with the act and get like me? And I thought I was doing the fellow a favor. He said, I'll tell you what, you go home and get your Bible and find out what it says and then you tell me tomorrow what you think then. Well, I thought I was all set because of what I knew. I went home, opened up my Bible, I found out that it said something I didn't know that it said. I got put in my place and realized I can't put my religious tradition above what the Word of God said. And I've been growing in God ever since. Religious faith is faith in religious traditions and rituals and forms and all that. 
apart from the Word of God. There is sense knowledge faith. See, when we talk about faith, I've got faith, that's a, a wide spectrum. I've got faith. I can have natural human faith. Just like Doubting Thomas, who said, I won't believe unless I see, unless I touch. And every one of us really is dominated by natural human faith. And if we're not involved in training ourselves in revelation faith, then that natural human faith will continue to dominate our thinking and dominate our lives. God wants us to understand that there is a different type of faith that needs to be developed in all of our lives, and it's called revelation faith. It is faith in God as well as faith in operating in the principles of God. You see, our dominion is not apart from God. The reason why people look at faith people and say, who do you think you are saying something like that? speaking to something or whatever. It's because they don't understand that we are doing it by the authority of the One who spoke to us in His Word and gave us dominion over whatever situation we might be speaking to. We're not doing it apart from God. We are doing it by the authority of the God that we serve. Remember Jesus spoke to a fig tree and the fig tree dried up by the root? He went on to tell His disciples... You too, if you speak, it would obey you. Now, stop right there just for a moment. Do we really understand that aspect of faith? We're not talking about praying to God for something. We're talking about you speaking to a fig tree or a mountain, like Jesus said. He is saying you have the potential within you to speak to that mountain that stands before you and it would obey you. Can you see what Jesus is talking about here? In other words, God has given man authority and dominion in the earth. You have got to understand that. I have got to understand it. And then when I do, I will, being under authority, act with that dominion and speak to that situation and it would obey me. The potential is there. But it has to be developed. Every one of us can deal with our circumstances if we develop our faith. This is the victory that overcometh the world, even our faith. So faith is not just a general term. There are different kinds of faith, phases of faith, types of faith that we have to be familiar with. We have to understand this comprehensive uh, study on faith so that we can operate in the kind of faith that God wants us to operate in. Also, it takes all kinds of of to be frank about it, blood, sweat, and tears. All kinds of effort and energy and our part to break loose from sense knowledge faith that is so easy to live by into the realm of revelation knowledge faith. And once again, it takes a lot of effort on our part to do so. But you know what, beloved? The end result is going to be we won't be dominated. We will dominate. We won't be ruled. We will rule. We won't be overcome. We will overcome. We won't be defeated. We will be victorious. And Satan won't hold us in bondage because we will successfully resist him and he will flee from us. I want you to turn with me, if you would, please, to the book of Matthew. Matthew chapter 6. And what I did, I began this study by looking at some of the statements that Jesus made about faith. I thought that would be a pretty good beginning. What about you? So I took it upon myself to look in the book of Matthew and start there and just begin to go through the Gospels and 
Look at some things that Jesus said about faith so that you and I can learn how to develop our faith. Not only in God, but in our God-given authority. Once again, did God not give man dominion and authority upon the earth? You know, you can have faith in God without understanding faith in your God-given dominion or authority. Did you know that? In other words, someone might not know, I've got the authority to speak to such and such and it would obey me. But if a person doesn't know that, then once again, they have, let's say, severed themselves from an important aspect of their faith life. And they've done that through a lack of knowledge. Part of my faith in God is also my faith in what He has spoken to me. I've got to believe that when he says, I've got dominion, that I've got dominion. I've got to believe that in the mouth of a king or the word of the king, there is authority. There is power. I've got to believe that because God said it. In Matthew chapter 6, and we'd like to take a look at verse 30. Now, if you come on Wednesday nights regularly, it's late Tonight, but next week, starting next week, bring your still-toed shoes with you. Because, you know, this is Jesus' instruction or teaching on faith. It's not mine. It's, it's Jesus speaking these things, okay? And I, after I studied, he's brutal. He doesn't mince words. He tells it like it is. He doesn't hold back anything. He just says, look, buddy, where's your faith? If you tell that to somebody today, it's like you're criticizing them or you're condescending or you're belittling them. I'd rather let Jesus do my talking. What about you? Matthew's Gospel, chapter 6, verse 30. Wherefore, if God so clothed the grass of the field... This is His first teaching and first reference to faith in Matthew's Gospel which today is and tomorrow is cast into the oven, shall He not much more clothe you, O ye of little faith? Let's evaluate that just for a moment. What are you telling me? God can't pay your bills? What are you telling me? That God can't provide a roof over your head? What are you telling me? That God can't put clothing on you? And you've got to separate yourself from seeking the face of God and the kingdom of God because you're so busy involving yourself in, in providing the needs of life, the necessities of life for you and your family. And Jesus says, if you can't believe that God will clothe you and care for you and provide for you, O ye of little faith. Ooh. You're so concerned about being so busy to provide all these things, and you're so worried that if you don't do all this, you're not going to have anything. But look at verse 33. But seek ye first the kingdom of God and His righteousness. This is the operation of God's kingdom by faith and His righteousness. And all these things shall be added unto you. You see, it takes faith to see that, saint of God. It really does. And he is saying, if you're all concerned and worried about your life, if you're concerned about what you're going to wear, what you're going to eat, who's going to pay the electric bill, the gas bill, the phone bill, and all these sort of things, he is saying, you have little faith. That hurts. I mean, he cuts you right to the quick and says, look, you have little faith if you have yet to believe 
that your God can provide what you need while you actively pursue His kingdom. And He is saying, if you want to have this kind of faith, get your act together, start seeking the kingdom of God and His righteousness. And God will add those things to your life. You see, to do that requires faith, doesn't it? I remember when the call of God came upon my life and He said to go, and I had to go and leave all the security of of everything else behind and just believe that as I was actively involved in seeking the kingdom of God that He would add to my life those things that were necessary. And you know what? He did. And I'm talking about making you a millionaire. I'm talking about that when I needed a loaf of bread, it was there. That's what I'm talking about. Out there in the wilderness, He gave him sustenance for the day. That's what he's talking about. If you have enough to eat for today, don't be concerned about tomorrow because when tomorrow comes, God will take care of you. He brought them out in the wilderness to prove or test them in in a sense to let them know or to let him know what was in their heart. Would there be faith in their heart or doubt and unbelief? Wouldn't they believe in the living God? And they failed the test, didn't they? What are we going to eat? Have you brought us out here to die of thirst? Right? Right? Isn't that what they murmured and complained about? He is saying they did not understand faith in God. As a matter of fact, if you go back to Deuteronomy, you'll discover in chapter 32, I believe it is, that he actually said, this is a people that have no faith. They have no faith. What a sad scenario. They have no faith. Okay, this is what Jesus said. Jesus said, if you can't believe that God will provide your needs while you seek His kingdom... You owe ye of little faith. He tells it like it is. Okay, Matthew chapter 8. Again, he tells it like it is. I love this story. When Jesus heard it in verse 10, verse 10, Matthew 8, verse 10, when Jesus heard it, he marveled. Wouldn't you like to be the one to make Jesus marvel? He marveled and said to them that followed, Verily I say unto you, I have not found so great faith, no, not in Israel. Everybody say Israel. You know that the people of Israel had the, the, uh, the foundation for faith? They had the foundation upon which they could build a productive and strong faith life. Did you know that? Because they had the Word of God. They had the covenant with God. And so if there was anywhere to find faith on the earth, where would Jesus have found faith? Within the covenant people. But no, He looked around and found no faith among those that were supposed to have faith. He's not found such great faith in all of Israel, but a Roman centurion who is outside the covenant, he, Jesus says, has, everybody say, great faith. Now, I don't know about you, would that not motivate you to study this man's life? Here's a secret. Does it matter to you that he was a Gentile? It doesn't matter to me. The man was a Gentile, but the man, Jesus said, had great faith faith and his great faith got results his servant was made whole that's the story but the point i want to make out out of this is this this is a man who operated in great faith acknowledged by jesus and the reason why jesus said he had great faith was because he understood authority the man said i am a man under authority i have Men under me, if I tell one to go, he goes. If I tell one to do this, he does it. If I say to the other one, come, he comes, etc. 
So the man said, I understand authority. You don't have to come under my roof to heal my servant. Jesus said, I'll come and lay hands on him. Listen carefully. A greater manifestation of faith in a person's life is one that only needs a spoken word of authority and not even a physical touch. Wow. Jesus said, I'll come and, and lay hands on him and heal him. He said, not so, Lord. You don't have to come under my roof. You speak the word and my servant will be healed. That man believed in words. That man believed in authority. That man believed in dominion. That man believed that Jesus had dominating faith and the ability to rule even sickness and disease. I'm going to say something here, beloved, that, again, we're talking about comprehensive, right? Do you realize that we have yet to, we ourselves have yet to realize that we have authority to rule disease? And we're fighting a battle and a struggle with this thing because basically our understanding is not fully developed. And we don't have the deepest revelation that we need to have about this. Jesus gave us authority, ready for this, to cure diseases. We've never really delved into that like we should. And to cast out devils. You realize there isn't a devil around that has the right to dominate your life or mine? And if it does, it's not anyone's fault but my own. Now listen carefully, and it's only because of a lack of knowledge. Unless it's just, you know, blatant rebellion. I mean, that's, that's one way to get dominated by the devil, but because of a lack of knowledge, I'm going to say it this way, imperfect knowledge. You know you can have knowledge but not perfect knowledge? The Greek term, I believe, is gnosko and epigonosko with regard to knowledge, and there is what is called an exact knowledge. In other words, let's call this, this point right here exact knowledge. And you can come into the faith and you can have knowledge, and you start right here. I have knowledge of this exact knowledge. I can grow in this knowledge until this knowledge becomes epigonosko, exact knowledge. Just like I can know you, but I don't really know you. I know your name. I see you. I know I, you by acquaintance. But I don't have the exact knowledge of who you are. Even a husband and wife may not know everything about each other. But they are supposed to be growing in this oneness, Right? How many people have been married for years and, and one would say to the other, I don't even know you? That's pretty sad. But what I'm saying is there are different degrees of knowledge. And we get too excited about the little knowledge that we have and we think that because we have that little bit of knowledge that we have enough. But just because we know that Jesus gave us dominion, it doesn't mean we really know or have entered into the reality of the exact knowledge of my God-ordained dominion and yours. But we do have that knowledge, but not the exact knowledge. And that's why our faith is imperfect. Right here, this man understood authority to a degree that others did not. And as a result of knowing this kind of authority, he spoke to Jesus and Jesus said, man, you've got great faith. 
That's something every child of God should study to learn how to have great faith. Anybody want to enlist in the army so we can learn how to have great faith? I didn't think so. But a man under authority understood. Look at Matthew 8 and verse 23. And when he was entered into a ship, his disciples followed and followed him. And behold, there arose a great tempest in the sea, insomuch that the ship was covered with the waves, but he was asleep. And his disciples came to him and awoke him, saying, Lord, save us, we perish. And he saith unto them, Why are ye fearful? How many of you know that fearful is a way of saying full of fear? Why are you full of fear? O ye of little faith. I guess if you're full of fear, you can't have a lot of faith. Now, Lord, I could have, I could have answered that question very easily. Lord, have you noticed the hurricane around us? Oh, the waves are just, you know, 20 feet high. I mean, the boat's filling up with water. I don't know. I just thought maybe it's time to be afraid. Who wouldn't be afraid, right? Why are you fearful? Jesus had a different mindset, completely different mindset. And the thing about it, he didn't see them as being any different than he was. In other words, you can do the same thing. Why are you fearful? Oh, ye of little faith. What an insult. Who are you telling, I've got little faith? You try to tell somebody today they have little faith and that's the reason why they didn't get their prayer answered. My goodness, you think you cussed at them or something. I mean, they'll get all over you because you said they've got little faith. But Jesus told the closest ones to him after showing them, teaching them, instructing them that they had little faith. Why? Because they did not use their dominion that he said they had. Now, beloved, I say this. Let's call it the way it is and let's grow up in faith. What about you? Or do you want to say, oh, I'm offended, I'm upset because someone told me I had little faith. Well, this is Jesus speaking and he told his disciples right there in the midst of this storm that they had little faith. Then he arose. Now, I want you to notice something. This wasn't talking about going to God in prayer. This was talking about then he arose and rebuked the winds and the sea and there was a great calm. He was saying, O ye of little faith. If you, in other words, if you had great faith, you would have done what I just did. That's the implication here. And you'll see that in another place. Then look at this. But the men marveled, saying, What manner of man is this, that even the winds and the sea obey him? Dominating faith or ruling faith enables a man to dominate the sea. What about this verse? The works that I do shall you do also. See, we look at that and we wonder, man, what manner of man is this? Because we certainly aren't that manner of man, right? And we, we really put ourselves down while Jesus is trying to lift us up. By telling us we're operating at a low level of faith because we didn't rebuke the wind and the sea, He's trying to lift us up and show us, look, you've got great potential. Look at what you can possibly do if you'll develop your faith. Get your eyes off the circumstance. Get your eyes on the dominion that I've given you from the very beginning and the authority that you have. And he's saying, and use your faith to dominate and to rule the circumstances of your life. Wow, that's what he's telling his people here. 
Look at uh, Matthew chapter 9 and verse 22. This is just references that Jesus made about faith. Here is a woman. You know her story. The issue of blood. In verse 22, But Jesus turned him about, and when he saw her, he said, Daughter, be of good comfort. Thy faith hath made thee whole. Here Jesus is telling a woman who had an issue of blood for 12 years, who suffered many things of many physicians, was nothing better, but rather grew worse. She came in the press behind, touching his garment. When she did, she was made whole of that plague. And Jesus found her, Jesus located her, and Jesus told her, Look, lady, your faith has made you whole. Wouldn't you say we should study out that lady's actions? Her thoughts, the way she acted, everything she did. And if you'll do that, you'll find out that she said... She heard of Jesus. She said, if I touch the hem of his garment, I'll be made whole. She acted. She went to pursue him and didn't let anything stop her. And then she actually did touch the hem of his garment. And when she did, that's called faith to make one whole. But look at all the action on her part. And the potential is there for all of us But sometimes we fail to realize that. And we're not as motivated as we need to be. Or maybe we just lack knowledge. And beloved, none of this is intended to condemn anybody. Because remember, this is Jesus speaking to us. He's wanting to encourage us, not to condemn us. He tells us we have little faith in certain areas so that we can do something about getting greater faith in that area. Amen? But if a person is in denial, have you ever been there? Oh, couldn't have been me. Had to have been God. He just didn't want me to have it. He just didn't want to do it. No, God is saying, look, I've given you the power. I've given you the authority. I've given you the means, the wherewithal for you to overcome in this life and you're not using it. It's like taking your child after your child grows up and has the the full potential to become a God-fearing adult and to exercise his own will in life and he keeps going to you like a little child would to get you to do what he's supposed to be doing. Wouldn't you say it's time for you to grow up and, and take your place in society? Sure you would. And that's what God is saying to us. That's what Jesus is telling us. That look, don't allow this just to be something that's way off in the the by and by somewhere. You know, something that it's there, but you can't really have it or handle it or walk in the reality of it. It's time to start saying, you know what? I'm going to press for the mark of that prize. I am going to reach out for the highest form of faith or whatever it is that God has to give me and offer me. And I'm going to use it in this life as an act of force in my life today. I'm going for it all. I'd rather preach my sermons way up there and get people to get half of it than to preach them way down here and we get all of it. What about you? I get all of it, what'd you get? Nothing. I want to get all of it. Look at, uh, let's see, Matthew 9 and 29. Then touched here their eyes. These are two blind men that came to Jesus. He touched, he, then touched he their eyes and he said this, saying, What a statement to write down if you're taking notes. What a statement to really write upon the table of your heart. According to your faith, be it unto thee. My goodness, my goodness, what a statement. Did you hear that? If we all took that statement to heart and said, according to my faith, it will be done unto me. And in actuality, beloved, that is a true statement with regard to all areas of life. You know what? You need saved, right? According unto your faith, it'll be done unto you. And if you don't believe that Jesus is the Savior of the world, you won't be saved. 
But according unto your faith, if you'll believe that Jesus died for your sins arose again on the third day for your justification after taking His blood in the heavenly holies of holies and offered up as eternal sacrifice for all mankind, and that you'll call upon the name of the Lord, thou shalt be saved. Because the word of faith is nigh you in your heart and in your mouth, and if you'll confess Jesus as Lord, thou shalt be saved. For with the heart man believes in the righteousness, and with his mouth he makes a confession unto salvation, and whosoever shall call on the name of the Lord shall be saved. Isn't that what it says? See, according unto his faith it was done unto him, because he called upon the name of the Lord. And that's where he got his faith, right there from the Word of God. Look at this one in Matthew chapter 14. We can preach right there for a long time. Is something being done to you according unto your faith? You can have faith in the wrong thing. Right? You can have faith in the wrong thing, beloved. And if you have faith in the wrong thing, how would you like the wrong thing to be done unto you? You've got to get more excited than this, folks. I'm preaching better than you're responding tonight. Ask me, I'll tell you. According unto your faith, it'll be done unto you. And how many of you want the wrong thing done unto you? You know, if you believe in failure, you'll fail. If you believe in defeat, you'll be defeated. If you believe you can't, you won't. According unto your faith. But if you'll change all that and start saying, no, 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 I've got the great potential in my life. I can believe God. I'm going to learn about my authority. I'm going to learn more about my dominion. I'm going to learn about my rights and privileges. I'm going to learn about this thing that God crowned me with when He raised Jesus from the dead so I can operate in greater faith. You'll get a whole lot further in God. In Matthew 14 and verse 31, and this is similar. This is another situation. This is the story of, of Peter walking out there on the water and Jesus told him to come, and you know all about that. And when Peter was come out of the ship, he walked on the water to go to Jesus. But when he saw the wind boisterous, he was afraid. And beginning to sink, he cried, saying, Lord, save me. And immediately Jesus, in verse 31, stretched forth his hand and caught him and said unto him, Good job, Peter. You walked all the way out here to me, and I'm so glad you came. That's a way to really get out of the boat and start living by faith, Peter. I commend you for your attempt. Isn't that what he said to Peter? My goodness. You would think, come on, Lord, just give Peter a little break. I mean, just a little bit of a break. The man just walked 20 feet on water. Right? He says, Oh, thou of little faith, wherefore didst thou doubt? Lord, I handled that first wave. But, you know, when that second one was about 30 feet high, just about not just came down and messed up my hair, I started a little bit to waver. And then the wind hit me from the other direction. What do you mean, Lord, wherefore didst thou doubt? What do you mean, oh, he of little faith? And then you talk to people today. Who, me, me? You saying I don't have great faith? You know, we all want God to be the blame or God to be responsible for the reason why we don't get things. But God says, I'm always giving. Are you receiving? It's an act of humility for us to say, hey, I better get tuned up with God. I better learn about faith and get a whole lot more of it and grow in it, right? Now, you think we're just talking about waves, don't you, in the sea, being out there on the sea. What about, let's just kind of just spiritualize this. What about being out there on the sea of life? What about getting out of your natural boat and walking out there on the sea of life when all of a sudden there you are I mean walking by faith and all of a sudden a circumstance comes your way uh oh 
a wave, and all of a sudden, something else blows into your life. What are we tempted to do? Look this way? Look that way? Being driven with the wind. See, it's talking about circumstances coming against us in life. It's talking about life's fights, life's dealings, all the things that we face in life on a daily basis to get us out of faith, to distract us from living by faith. Can you see that? And so what we do is we look over here and look over there and, you know, this attack or that attack and the wind's blowing in all these different directions. We forget about the Word of God. We forget what manner of men we are. We forget about the fact that He said, Greater is He that's in you than he that's in the world. And you don't have to get your eyes off of the Word and on the circumstances like Peter did. You can keep your eyes on the Word of God. Now, I don't know about you, but it seems like to me it'd be a whole lot easier to do, to do this on solid ground than out there walking on the water. Amen? And so let's not just look at Peter and say, well, Peter, you got halfway there, but you, you failed and, you know, you didn't make it all the way back. Now, wait a minute. If that can happen to Peter as he was walking out there on the water because he got his eyes off the Word of God and began to doubt, wherefore didst thou doubt? How can we say, well, I didn't know, I didn't doubt one iota. You know, if we'd be honest sometimes and just say, you know, God, I doubted. But I'm getting back out in faith, praise God, and so forgive me for the doubt. Get it out of my life. I'm getting back on the Word and I'm walking with you. That's what He wants us to do. Can you see that? And not be overcome by the circumstances that we encounter in this life. So He says, O thou of little faith, wherefore didst thou doubt? And when they were come unto the ship, the wind ceased. It's just like, now let me show you how this is done. Is Jesus not our potential? Are we not to grow up into Him in all things? Isn't he your example to follow? See, we're not to be of this attitude, oh, it doesn't work, doesn't work. Yes, why are you saying it doesn't work? Well, so-and-so tried it, didn't work, so-and-so. Did you ever see Jesus? I said, did you ever see Jesus? Operate in these principles? Look to the Bible, look to the Word of God, look to the, look to the Gospels, you'll find out they work. But you see, we are not as knowledgeable as Jesus was in these laws. Now, he gave us the revelation but have we taken them to heart? He gave us the understanding that we have this kind of authority and dominion, but have we taken it to heart and have we developed our potential? What about this classic verse from Jesus our Lord? When the fellow said, Lord, if thou canst help me, do something, Lord. He, Jesus said to him, you would think, oh, come here, I'll help you. No, he said, <laughs> no, he said, why are you asking me for help? If thou canst believe, all things are possible to him that believeth. Oh, my goodness. Think about that for a while. Almost a put down. Right? See, but we are of the opinion that if you go to somebody for help, they're supposed to help you right then on the spot and do it for you. Jesus didn't always operate that way. He said, look, fella, it's not what I can do for you. It's if thou canst believe all things are possible. If that doesn't motivate us to start working on our believing mechanism, then what will? See, this is what faith is all about. There's so much that Jesus said about faith. I mean, all kinds of great things about faith. Like, for example, he said one time, this time is going by too fast, where is your faith? Where is your faith? And that's a good question. Is your faith in man? 
Is your faith in organizations? Is your faith in doctrines? Is your faith in what others can do for you? Or is your faith in God and what He said to you? Do you have faith in your God-ordained dominion? I give you authority to tread on serpents and scorpions and over all the power of the enemy and nothing shall by any means hurt you. All things are possible to him that believeth. The works that I do shall ye do also. If you had the faith as a grain of mustard seed, you would say and it would obey. I'm, I'm not going to close this to you. Turn to that verse with me. Luke 17. Luke 17. We're not, we're not near halfway done about some things Jesus remarked about faith. But look at Luke 17. And we'll close it with this verse. Look at Luke 17, verse 6. The apostle said in verse 5 to the Lord, increase our faith. And remember, if we want to have teaching on faith, go to Jesus, and I'll tell you, he doesn't hold anything back at all. And the Lord said in verse 6, if ye had faith as a grain of mustard seed, ye might say, and just stop right there, regardless of who you're saying it to, ye might say, and look at the last expression of the verse, and it should obey. If that doesn't motivate your spirit, if that doesn't enable us to see, a, let's say, an area of faith that needs to be developed, if you had faith, you would say. Have you ever checked what you've been saying lately? Do it. You might frighten yourself. If, if you had a tape recorder on throughout the course of the day, here we are, macho faith people, right? But put a tape recorder on throughout the course of the day and play it back around 10 o'clock at night. You're about ready to go to bed. And listen to all the things you said throughout the course of the day. You'd probably say, run that back. Lord, forgive me. 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 Oh, that was good. Run that back. Lord, forgive me. Can you imagine? Can you imagine? See, we can know what the Word says. We can, know, we can have knowledge that's out here still, but not exact knowledge. Because when we have the exact knowledge, we're, we're going to start respecting what we say. And when we do, if you had faith, Jesus said, you would say to that sycamine tree, now you ready for this? Be thou plucked up by the root... And be thou planted into the sea, and it should obey you. How many of you here tonight believe Jesus was lying? I believe he literally meant, literally meant it. But you can spiritualize that also. Not only do we have to pluck out a sycamine tree by the root, you can pluck out other things by the root. You know, cancer has a lot of roots. There's a root of bitterness. Has anything else taken root in your life? Bitterness? Anger? What about low self-esteem? Pluck it out by the root. How do I do that? He just said right there, speak to it. Speak to it. But you see, then you have to understand another law 
that applies to this, and that is from the heart you have to believe and speak. Don't just say it without any heart being in it. My goodness, I think we can go all night tonight. And I believe that's why I've been inspired by the Lord to do this. We really need, beloved, to have more classes like this and really learn more about the kind of faith that we should be walking in as children of God. And as we do grow in this, I, I know for a fact there's going to be a lot of changes in people's lives. And we're going to have much more success, greater success even in prayer, beloved. Even in prayer. Let's all stand before the Lord. I'm just quitting. I'm not done. Thank you for listening to our legacy teachings. We pray today's message has a profound impact upon your life and your ministry. I want you to know that God loves you, has a great plan for your life. But if you've never made Jesus Christ Lord and Savior of your life, I'd like to invite you to do that right now. Just pray this simple prayer right after me. Just say, Heavenly Father, I come to you just as I am. And I believe with all my heart that Jesus died for my sins and was raised from the dead for me. I open the door of my heart. I call upon the name of the Lord. Lord Jesus, come into my heart now. I receive you and accept you as my personal Savior and Lord. If you prayed that prayer with me, you're a child of God right now, and I encourage you to get into a good Bible-based church where you can learn to grow in your Christian faith and experience. God bless.